My guest on this episode of the Leanne Wood podcast is a theatre director who has taken it upon herself to ensure that we're all fully informed about the way in which our politics and democracy works. Yvonne Murphy has directed, taught and produced projects which challenge and provoke. She is the founder of The Talking Shop, which started as a pilot in Cardiff in 2019. She went on to create The Democracy Box and she is now trialling The Talking Shop with The Democracy Box, which she'll tell us all about in towns across Wales. By creating welcoming spaces for people to chat about politics and democracy, Yvonne is hopeful that people will become more informed about how decisions are made, how they impact and how they can be influenced. It's a fantastic project, Yvonne, but before I ask you to tell me all about it, can you first of all explain how your work in the arts and education over three decades has led you to this? Hi, Leanne. It's very lovely to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I think it started in school because I went to two amazing state schools, primary and secondary, and I had a really visionary head teacher in my secondary school who put arts and creative learning right at the centre of the curriculum, just like we're doing in Wales now. He was way ahead of his time. And so he got me started on this road of understanding that arts and theatre, particularly for me, is a platform for change and a platform to allow people to understand the world and how they can influence it and change it. So my journey as a theatre director and an arts practitioner has been well quite a quite a difficult one because I didn't come from a background where people were theatre directors or worked in the arts. I didn't have any role models, particularly no female role models who worked in the arts. So I've been on a long and winding journey. I also trained as a teacher. So I've seen at first hand and I've worked in some of the hardest schools in London, in, in the city of London in the 90s. So I've seen firsthand how important education is and how it can break cycles of poverty and crime and social injustice and so all of those things combine to take me towards creative learning and education and the arts and then I started to realize that I was actually a political artist an arts activist and finally in my 40s I was fortunate enough to be made uh, Arts Council of Wales Claw Fellow and I went on quite a transformational year of learning and training as a cultural leader. And out of that, I started to understand how I could use the arts as a real platform for change, social change. So the foundations were in your education, but you still believe that the arts are important today? I can't stress really how passionate I am about the arts being fundamental to our society. So I have this thing that I repeat until everyone's heard it, that I think that we have three pillars of a civilised society. And that's state education, state health and state funded arts and culture, because our state health system, our NHS, looks after our bodies. Our state education system looks after our minds and our state invested arts and cultural sector nurtures our souls or our spirits or however you want to term it. And I think actually that has been undermined so significantly in my lifetime. So I grew up in quite a heady time, I look back on now, of the 60s and 70s, where actually that was valued enormously. And hence me growing up in that school where I had visiting theatre companies coming every week. We had an amazing art block. We were one of the pioneering schools doing media studies. It was a phenomenal school, which was interestingly modelled on all the things that private schools have and 
my head teacher took those and gave them to everybody. So I studied philosophy. We could do Latin. He had Mandarin on the syllabus. We could do everything because actually there's something quite key about what private schools do and how they place culture at the centre of their curriculums, which then isn't embraced in the same way for state funded schools, which is quite a paradox, which has been identified by the Cultural Learning Alliance. So teachers at private schools have done lots of interviews for the Cultural Learning Alliance, where they've explained that one of the key drivers for parents paying for their kids to go to private school is the cultural offer. And yet there is still a belief that arts and culture is a private luxury and actually it's a public good. And all schools should have huge investment in arts and culture, I think, because it's through that that we change the world. Do you think there's a difference between the education systems in England and Wales with regards to culture and creativity? And how does the Welsh language impact on all of this? For example, we have the Eisteddfod not linked to education, but connected with education. I think there's been a huge rolling back of good work done, I would say, in the last couple of decades, really, as far as arts and cultural education is concerned in England, whereas actually I think the opposite direction of travel is happening in Wales, which is really encouraging. So the whole new curriculum and how creative learning is embedded through that, you know, like a stick of rock is really encouraging. But yeah, there's good understanding and planning and strategic thinking around creative learning in Wales that just isn't happening across the bridge. I'm a visitor to Wales, so I married a Welshman and came and settled here and brought my kids up. But I found a spiritual home in Wales because of the deep understanding of culture and arts, which has the language totally entwined in that. And my parents are from Ireland and there's been a similar revolution in the language there and Gaelic. So I think it's absolutely intrinsic to the understanding and the valuing of arts and culture. I think there is work to do so that we embrace all culture and all types of art. And we widen or even smash any existing canons. Absolutely. Now, tell me, what's the talking shop? Okay, so the talking shop. I had this idea back in 2017 that somewhere where you could go and find out anything that was on in your town. So a physical listings place, a what's on hub mixed with a place that you could also find information about democracy. And by that, I mean how it all works and fits together. So I was interested in seeing if anyone else had an interest in this intersection of cultural and democratic participation, because I had a theory that they were connected and that actually by exploring that, we could increase both. I'd spent a lot of time through the Claw Leadership in something called What Next Meetings, which is a movement in the cultural sector to increase the valuing and uh, the impact of arts and culture on society. And I found it difficult that we were having lots of conversations behind closed doors with ourselves. And a colleague said to me, this is just another talking shop. And I thought, yeah, we need to have this conversation with the public. So the talking shop is my response to that. So I wanted to widen the debate of how and why we value arts and culture, but also bring that together with our understanding of democracy, because obviously we all know there's been a massive decline in voter turnout. And I believed that there was a link between that and people's understanding of our democracy. And so I've been on a very long journey to prove that that's the case. So I piloted it in 2019. I took over a little shop in Cardiff. 550 visitors came through the door. They were from age two to 92. 
across all socioeconomic backgrounds, all races. It was fascinating. People from Cardiff, people from all over Wales, people from all over the world came into that little tiny shop. And a lot of them said to me, this is great that you've explained the difference between local government, devolved government and Westminster to me. This is brilliant that you've explained to me how I can contact my local representatives really easily. Or you've explained to me the difference between government and parliament or the difference between proportional representation and first past the post. Can you show me somewhere on my phone where I can find all of this information? And I couldn't. It wasn't there. I could find information about Westminster and that engagement team doing brilliant work. I could find information about the Senate and our engagement team at the Senate doing brilliant work. But I couldn't find one place that told the whole story of our democracy. And more importantly, how people could get involved all year round and not just at the ballot box. So that took me on another journey to create the democracy box. So what's the democracy box then and how does that fit together with the talking shop? I went off and got some funding from Cluster, who have been amazing and enabled all of this work. And with the first grant, I did a proof of concept by working with 10 young people from all over Wales, including from the five lowest voter turnout constituencies. And together with them, we looked at all the existing content that we could find anywhere on the internet that explained anything to do with democracy. We watched a lot of videos good and bad. And I also showed them to focus groups as well. So we recruited a lot of young people for focus groups to look at the the stuff. And then with these 10 young co-creators, I asked them how they would create or curate this differently. And I thought I might get one good idea. And they just bombarded me with ideas. And they were so brilliant. And so I developed then four of those and took those into prototype stage. And one of those was a podcast where young people talk to each other and explain democracy to each other. Their phrase was no shame and no blame, because there's a real sense of I feel a bit stupid because I don't know this. And that's what I had in my 20s and 30s. And that's why I've led to all of this work. I thought it was just me that didn't understand it. Yeah, I think everyone goes through that, don't they? Yeah, and that's what we're stuck in. We're stuck in this cycle of poor storytelling. So teachers become teachers and qualify and they don't understand it. And then they're expected to stand in front of a class and teach it. Mm, I was just going to ask, actually, why isn't it routine and standard that pupils learn about democracy in school? I did a lot of research into that. And I think the blame lies at many, many people's doors. And I would say every political party, historically and the media and yeah every person who's been in charge of any education decision and teacher training there are many stakeholders who are to blame for it it's long and complicated why we have quite a managed democracy now in the UK and actually we need to break that cycle of poor storytelling one of the main things that's come up in all my research in the surveys that I've done with hundreds of people and I've now spoken to hundreds of young people as well as doing digital surveys Every single person and I've met now, we've had over 4,000 people into the talking shops. All of them say this has to be taught in schools. So I've evidenced it to the hilt. And I've also created a, a really simple pilot where you can teach it creatively. And all the teachers are embracing it because actually what they need, they need to know the basics before they can go on to teach about elections and why they should vote and why they should register to vote. People need to understand how it all works and why it's relevant to them in their lives. And we need to shift the emphasis away from elections and to all year round democratic education. 
Scotland do a better job of teaching citizenship and democracy in schools, don't they? So what can be done here to make sure our young people begin their adult life as fully informed and active citizens? Yeah, I think there's brilliant work being done in Scotland, but there needs to be more there as well. There's missing millions when it comes to registering to vote and turnout. I think in Wales, we have an amazing opportunity with the curriculum. I think how this is implemented, though, is key. And there needs to be pan-Wales teacher training, so continuing professional development, for a teacher in every single school across Wales, both secondary and primary, so that the teachers first themselves understand the basic story of our democracy and get engaged with it and inspired by it and are given creative resources to understand it rather than a dry, boring PowerPoint. And then they, in turn, can then start to creatively engage young people and their students in the story. And that needs to be embedded, baked into our curriculum from year two all the way through to 16. And it needs to happen every year so that kids start in little bits, age seven. And by the time they leave at 16, they can know then the whole story and really know it off by heart so that they can really be fully engaged citizens. And then maybe we can actually have a proper democracy, Leah, if we all understand it. Because I don't know how we can if a huge swathe of the population literally don't know how it works and fits together. They literally don't know what the difference between the first minister and the prime minister is, or how their votes are counted, or who's responsible for what, or what the difference is between government and parliament. How can that be right that we're expecting people then to rock up at a ballot box and vote for something they literally don't even understand how it works? Mm. So there are real dangers to the future of democracy and decision making from people not being properly informed, yeah? We, we are in a really dangerous time, I think, as lots of events have proven. And I genuinely believe that education is the answer to this. But the education has to be done in a way that it's led by the people we're trying to reach. So that's why I'm working with young people and co-creators, because they are statistically the hardest to reach demographic. So if we make those 14 to 26-year-olds co-creators in the work, then we will start to genuinely reach that group. And that group are only going to get older. So that's why we've got to start there in order to reach all ages and to let people know how they can get their voices heard and how they can shape and change their local area, their region, their nation, their country better by not just turning up putting across, but by having conversations with family and colleagues by volunteering and getting involved in their local community. I always give an example to young people of a scrap of land that's at the corner of my street and it was just overgrown and full of brambles. And then a load of neighbours got together and started clearing it. And then they started planting it. And then they put out a call for more people and they started a regular gardening club. And then they contacted their council, their local town council. And they asked for some funds just to put a bench. And then the next was they got a grant and they commissioned an artist. And now we all meet there and we do carols there. And it's become a focal point for the community. That is democracy right there. That is democracy in action. So I say to people, you know, volunteer to help with your local community garden or school. Go in and hear the kids read. Join your PTA. Find out about your local health board, your town council. Join stuff. And if there's not something there doing a society that's looking after the thing that you think should be looked after, start it. If you think you should have more trees in your local area, start that group you know it's just you and one other person or you on your own 
That's democracy. Before we then go on to find out who your elected representatives are and protest and campaign and organise, contact the media, start a petition, constantly telling everyone I meet in the talking shop about committees in Parliament. No one knows about them. No one knows that they can contribute in this way and they can get their voice heard at committee level. Most people don't understand how committees work. And then there's all the things of joining stuff like school councils and youth parliaments. And then finally, we get to register to vote and vote. But we're topsy-turvy at the moment, Leanne. We spend all our time telling people to register to vote and vote without telling them all the other stuff about how they can be part of a democratic society all year round, every day of the week. I think you are absolutely right. And if people do get involved in action at a community level, as you've outlined, I mean, active citizenship can be very rewarding. But it's understandable, isn't it, why so many people are put off from politics at the moment? Oh, I think it's totally understandable. Some of the main themes that came through my research is a sense of distrust. And all the people I spoke to said, where can I find the truth and who can I trust? Those are the two things. So I call it a list of disses. So disinformation, distrust, disengagement, disenfranchisement. These were all the themes that came up through my research. And actually, I've narrowed it down in the work that I do to the Electoral Commission as somewhere that you can go to find out the actual factual rules on how elections work, what you have to do. But also they've come back round now after a bit of a journey away from democratic education. They've come back to it. But it's also part of the democracy box is explaining to people how the media works. Lots of people don't know, for instance, that newspapers are owned by people and they can have a political bias. Lots of people don't understand the role of media in our democracy. I just think it's so important that people understand that they can shape democracy, that they are our democracy. Every citizen is our democracy. It's not something that's done to us. We make it. We shape it. Yes, I agree. I know that collective or cooperative ways of working are important to you. Can you say why? We have to find different ways of doing things because the ways we've been doing things aren't working. Whether that's because we're slowly heating up the planet or rather quickly heating up the planet to how we do economics. It's time to look at how we do things differently. I'm really interested in the cooperative and collective local aspect of stuff. So as part of my research with the talking shop was how do I make the model so that actually it can be owned by each local area? So how does the community in Merthyr, how could they make the talking shop sustainable by working with the council, by working with local cultural organisations? How can they keep that there in their community? So that's one of the things I'm looking at, because actually it's all about power sharing, isn't it? And that to me is the ultimate goal where the power is owned by the people in that local area, because everyone who's walking into the talking shop is going, oh, my God, we so need this. I'm like, well, how have we managed to fail so badly? How have we managed to not give something so basic to our citizens? Because all I've created is a space where they can literally go and sit, be warm, have a cup of tea that they don't have to pay for and meet artists and creatives. There's nothing complex about the talking shop. And yet there is such a demand for it, a hunger for it and a a desperate need for it. And then you look historically at Wales, don't you? And you look at how the Workers' Education Association used to exist. And you look at all that network of miners' institutes and that rich history of education, that rich history of people being able to teach themselves and each other and their communities and owning that. Mm, Yvonne, I echo your sentiment. Power to the people and all the very best to you with your mission. Dion Leanne, thank you so much for having me. It's been brilliant. 
I'd like to say Diolch to those who have helped me with this project. Diolch to the team at Audacity, the open source audio editing software used to make this podcast. Diolch to Nick James for the artwork. Diolch to Llewyn Stefan, the creator of the music. And finally, Diolch to all the podcast supporting subscribers. I'm grateful to all of you. I'm looking for support to continue to make these podcasts. You can become a supporting subscriber by checking out my Patreon page. You have been listening to the Leanne Wood Podcast.